0: Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I'm your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are the co-producers of the Halloween rom-com spinoff, A Psycho Meets a Freak Show. It's Chris Frodell. Hi.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of breathing, a lot of breathing.
0: Yeah. I don't think that helps anyone. I think you just need to see a doctor. All right, Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing well and I'm glad to be back. I know you guys really missed me last week. You were going oh, or not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 See, there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. If you listen <laughs> yeah. to the episode, you know that we wished that you were there.
0: You did. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just breaking your stones. Yeah. It's good to have the team back, man. I like yeah. this. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we all had uh, pretty eventful weekends, and Chris will uh, go through his uh, New Jersey trip to uh, Netflix miniseries land, I guess, that they have popped up. The audience can't see my blowout. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And yeah, doing and Shane and I things. get some, uh, some Jets wins and some uh, enjoying relaxation, and... We watched a ton of stuff, and the internet lost its mind at one of, at least one of, if not multiple products that we're going to talk about today. But it's another intensive Halloween-esque, horror-esque episode from us. Up top, we'll talk about Halloween Ends question mark i don't know i guess uh you know we'll get into it i'm thinking guys i think this is probably going to be a spoiler filled version of a review so if um if you haven't seen the final i guess blow of uh the halloween series of films halloween ends yeah oh shit (laughs) Uh, No, no no
1: that may not be what i think
0: yeah Um, If you haven't seen it, then obviously steer clear because we are going to go into detail on that one in terms of our review. But if you have, obviously stick around. If you haven't, of course, I'm going to put the uh, timestamp for our next segment after this. So if you want to be able to move past that but still enjoy uh, some of our witty banter about our second half, which is going to be more of a a Netflix blitz of uh, several of their products, including... The Midnight Club, The Watcher, The School for Good and Evil, which comes out today if you are listening uh, on day release, and Old People, which we teased a few weeks back, uh, that looks absolutely bananas, and of course Shane watched it, so we will get into that, (laughs) but like I said, up top. Let's get into Halloween Ends, the, of course, end to the trilogy from David Gordon Green and Company, of course, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, probably for the last time as Laurie Strode. Uh, It also stars Andy Matichak as Allison and Rohan Campbell as the controversial Corey Cunningham. Uh, The scores for this uh, are not too kind uh, (laughs) at this point. No. It is uh, a 40 Rotten Tomato score with a 57 Rotten Tomato audience score, 45 Metascore, 5.1 IMDb, and a 2.4 letterbox. So usually we're like, oh, well, the audiences kind of came to the defense from the critical response. Nope, everybody across the board is having <laughs> a nice big dump on uh, Halloween ends. Uh, This, of course, is, like I said, the last of this particular trilogy. It is supposed to be Laurie Strode's last stand after 45 years, the most acclaimed, revered horror franchise in film history, reaches its epic, terrifying conclusion as Laurie Strode faces off for the last time against the embodiment of evil, Michael Myers. In a final confrontation, unlike any captured on screen before. That is uh, possible. Uh, Only one of them will survive. Interesting to put that in there, and I didn't think they'd be so blunt about it in the actual description of it. This is an interesting scenario for uh, a finale like this. Uh, This went day and date. You were able to watch it in the movie theater or able to watch it how I did, which is watching it on Peacock at home. Um, but, of course, not many people own Peacock. I think it's me and four of my neighbors. Uh, so <laughs> I think uh, you know most people probably saw this in the theater, had an in-theater experience, which I am actually very interested in uh, from a person who didn't do that to see how people reacted in real time to this movie. So maybe you guys can color that in a little bit. Um, But Shane, I'm going to start with you because I know you uh, ran out to see this at like a a five o'clock on opening day. Didn't even go with like the big hot crowds at night. You were like, no, I'm old and have time. Um, I'm going to go to the early bird special and, and check this out. So what was the crowd like? Was it a lot of people? I know that's pretty early. And what were your expectations going into this one?
2: Okay, yes. I did go to the 530 showing because I am embracing my old, my oldness. Is that a word? I'm embracing <laughs> it. So I have no problem. There were three people in my showing. Wow. Three. And it was Michael
0: Myers, Laurie Strode, <laughs>
2: and Allison. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like you joked. I think the majority of the people were showing up as I was leaving the theater to pack it in. and right. Chris knows, you know, I am a defender of this franchise for the most part. I liked the first one. I defended the second one, as flawed as that was. But when it came to this movie here, I almost got up and walked out. Mm. I was getting so infuriated with this movie. And I'll get into it. I made little notes, but I... Didn't know if I was watching a reboot of Natural Born Killers or am I watching Halloween Ends, right? Like, what what am True. I watching here? Yeah. Like, you got Corey Cunningham, who, oh, okay. He gets beat up by band geeks the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, I know I'm jumping in front here, but we'll go back to talk about it. But then, you're gonna kick the shit out of Michael Myers and steal his mask? So you made him into a homeless pussy? Like, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then Michael Myers comes out for the last third of the movie, which saved any part of that movie was the last final act when they actually had that confrontation at the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm just sitting there just, I was getting just, my blood pressure was shooting through the roof. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I kind of understood why they introduced the Corey Cunningham character. I kind of, I was like going through it in my head. I'm like, okay, it, it, evil springs eat, whatever the whole thing. And I'm like, but I don't want to see an hour-and-a-half movie about this kid. I don't. Right. And right. Allison, in his in his story, was the worst part of the movie. And by the way, how easy
0: is Allison in this movie? Very. A lot of bad decisions. They really kind of changed her up for the worst. Like, she was just playing along to whatever whim came through her door. Like, I didn't understand her rationale, especially switch stance from how she's been portrayed up to now. Right, like within two minutes of meeting him, she's all over him, and like straddling
2: his motorcycle in all kinds of sexy ways. I'm like, come on now, like. Yeah. And then
0: she's dating that older police
2: officer that he has a confrontation yeah, that, with, which that is was no just way
0: to, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lori didn't have a problem with that at all, apparently.
2: Right at all. And then there's one scene. I'm just going going through my notes here that. uh, when he was killing with Michael Myers, like all of a sudden Mike Myers seemed to like gain pot, like gain his strength back. Did you yeah. catch like his posture after the kill? Yeah. And I didn't like, want to tell
0: Chris to make yet another house. Stella gutter groove back thing for now. Michael Myers, instead of uh, 11 <laughs> when we did it for stranger things, but there is right. a little bit of that element. Um, I just, before we go start diving straight into like scene analysis and everything else, I just want to kind of get uh, Chris's initial thoughts. But of course, I also want to talk to you guys. Do you remember, and, and I'm talking to the wrong person with Chris, of course, but like the initial trailer uh, for this, even up until the final trailer, has anyone watched it since they watched the movie? Because it is a full on decoy. There are so many shots and pieces of dialogue that are not in the movie. That are in the trailer that make this seem like something very different. And I wonder if not only because of how the movie transpired, but the venom that people are spitting about this movie is partially because how this movie was marketed. And even what I read up top, Laurie Strode's last stand. Yeah, I guess, but not for a lot of this movie. Chris, do you do you do you pick up what I'm saying?
1: I actually went with uh, my friend Christian who pointed that out. He said uh, that there's certain lines in the trailer that weren't in the actual movie. Myself, I hadn't seen it. So, you know, because I just went in on this because I had to, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I I, yeah. I I know Shane is probably the person who defends this this current trilogy the most. And like you said, you, even you still almost walked out on this movie. To me, yeah, I I completely agree that it's, like, at least diminishing returns. I wasn't a huge fan of even the first one, um, but now it looks like a masterpiece, comparatively speaking, (laughs) to where it's kind of moved from there. And I think part of my problem, and a a lot of the the sentiment I hear from other people, is this doesn't seem well thought out as a trilogy, that it doesn't seem like... Because if I understand correctly, and maybe Shane, you know, or Chris, you know more than I do, but it seems like I think they went in where they only had one movie and and it ended up getting extended into a trilogy. It wasn't like they proposed like, hey, we have this grand plan that arcs this to this. Everything I've read is that they went into this movie thinking, all right, well, we can do it this way. We could do it this way and kind of choose your own adventure it into what they thought was the best of those outcomes to actually come up with what was the final movie anyone have any insight on that one
1: i think i remember them saying when the second one came out when halloween kills came out right uh they said they had enough to make it a trilogy but i don't know if they're recording uh are they filming back to back or they said all right let's try and expand this to make it a trilogy i I don't know it's only murmurs and and uh Conjecture, Conjecture. (laughs) yeah, we got it, yeah, winning. I uh, I did read where originally
2: they did have like a trilogy in their mind, kind of mapped out. Okay, Uh, but it it and it's like you said, but you know, stuff happens down the road. Trilogies get messed up all the time. But I even wrote down this movie felt so disconnected and just felt like a different movie from the second one, like. And the second one felt different than the first one. First one, right. So everything just felt just just yeah, disconnected, didn't fit in anywhere. So yeah, I don't know what the hell happened in that writers room. Like I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but they yeah,
0: I don't know. Let's let's even just look at this trilogy from The Sense of Laurie Strode, right? Because in the first movie, she's completely turned into like a survivalist just preparing for the next, mm-hmm. you know, big shoe to drop for the next attack, you know, and she's got a compound essentially that she's working out of. She's full on. Uh, you know, she is a a a longtime survivor and just trying to to just be aware and be and try to yeah. make the best of it because she knows this keeps happening over and over and she's made her life about it. The second movie, they decide Hey, let's sideline her by having her kind of like in the hospital, not doing much for most of the movie. And made it more like involving the town, involving her child, involving her grandchild. So, yeah. And was far less about her. She would just pop up going, you know, like in a hospital gown going, no, I got this. Let's do this. Let's ride. You know, like whatever. Or, or um,
1: giving strange monologues.
0: Right. Exactly. So yeah. and definitely not the same spirit as the first one. And then this one, we come in four years later. Which, by the way, I've said to you guys and multiple people because I'm so proud of it. I I picture a world where Michael Myers didn't just go away hanging out like a bridge troll underneath the like an overpass somewhere. That he actually just went back to college for four years and now he's just ready to kill again after he got his degree. I just hope that so much for him that he he just comes out with that like a, uh, Animal House college sweatshirt. And just, uh, I would love that so much for him <laughs> done, you know? Yeah. Um, but to me, so yeah, he's just been hanging out for four years and, and Laurie Strode buys a, gets a house with her grandchild and becomes a freaking homemaker and just writing a memoir and, you know, kind of just far more relaxed and different altogether and optimistic at times. And, you know, just a far cry from where we started with all of this and what i would say for no good reason <laughs> her house got burned down she thought she killed this guy multiple times and yet this is all still sort of happening so do you what do you guys say shane what do you think of the arc for Lori strode as we hit this final movie
2: yeah i couldn't agree with you more on that they went they took her temperament and just kind of like Water kept watering it down, watering it down till we got to this version of her, which is an unrealistic version of this character through what they've shown us on screen so far. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you would have still PTSD, I mean, riddled with it still. Yeah, you're not going to be like, again, she's just a watered down, softer version of herself. In a way, and we'll get to the end, but like, yeah, I don't, I didn't like her character arc at all. And I agree with you, they sidelined her for the majority of two fucking movies now. Yeah. And when she's on screen, I like her. When they, I like Lori Strode on screen. I thought some of the scenes of Jamie Lee Curtis were the best scenes of this movie. But yet you decided to sideline her again
0: for all of the movie. It's almost like they right. just knew they had to fulfill the promise, like cash the check, basically, of we need the final pay per view showdown of Lori versus Michael. But the rest of it, they're like, let's fuck around a little bit. And honestly, two, two things went through my mind with the whole Corey Cunningham thing. Number one, if you're going to do this, you have to know that A, the audience is immediately going to go to Halloween 5. And start thinking like, oh, we've done this old chestnut of transferring evil and, and trying to not have it be Michael Myers, all this stuff. And then the other part of it is I immediately went like, we're doing this now. You didn't introduce Corey in part one and have him slowly change, have him be integrated with the family, have some forethought of how this is all going to go. You could have made a trilogy out of this thought. Instead, you rushed it for one movie and it turns into this just a mess, just mess of a character, you know, just because... Honestly, I don't hate the idea entirely. I just hated the execution more than I hated that. Is Chris is that fair to say too?
1: Oh yeah. Uh I would say this isn't a Halloween movie. Uh yes, there's some similar characters, but it's a parody
0: of the <laughs> Halloween movies. Yeah, the dialogue is bad enough to say that, that's for sure. Especially it really Corey's is. mother. Uh, oh my god.
1: <laughs> oh my god. That 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 was just Strange altogether. it just these are these are it's a town full of psychologists people <laughs> that are messed up because everyone knows what everyone's issue is oh yeah. this is this person's got daddy issues oh this this uh is uh someone's trauma and they're just uh you know doing this oh you know why uh uh johnny's uh uh dick towards uh Corey is because of his dad you know right. everyone's got that armchair analysis of everyone in this town yeah and you're like what are you doing and uh laurie just seems like um she seems like manic you know where she's somber in certain scenes and then she's like this erratic uh you know grandmother who's you know throwing double birds in the air and you know (laughs) throwing innards celebrating a day in which twice at least twice she's had trauma happen to her right right how is this town celebrating halloween
0: yeah that's very true (laughs) like parties everywhere everybody's all geared up and yet when she's out on these streets Everybody's like, you fucking bitch, you brought this evil to us, blah, blah, blah. It's like, right? so it's right You're on the tip her. of everyone's ta- a tongue, but it's also mm. like, yeah, let's screw it for the night. Let's get drunk and not remember anything. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's bizarre behavior. And also field <laughs> everybody has a different accent. Every every part of this town seems vastly different from the other. There seems yep. like a, a very little cohesion. I don't know. The, uh, I, and, and I'll tell you right New now. New York,
1: Boston, yeah, Midwest. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I get, you know, Illinois, you could probably get some transplants, but you know, mm. it's a little it's a little bizarre and a little inconsistent, but I don't know. Like I I'll, I'll say this. The one thing I can say about Halloween ends is everyone who died in this movie deserved it. There's no person I'm like eh. even that little kid online somebody was like at least you yeah. know if everyone doesn't like this movie the one thing we can agree on is that kid deserved it. I'm not hating that idea.
1: <laughs> in in the notes I wrote one of them was I never wanted death to come to so many people in one town as I did with Haddonfield. Yeah. There's
0: nobody where I, I'm I like wanted
1: every, well there's oh I hope they make it. I was just like die. Die, die, you die. Yeah. I, Eyebrows, I you die.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I had no problem with that kid flying over the banister at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, but I, I don't know. Did that hot blonde nurse deserve to die, really? And how yes. bad was that dialogue with the doctor hitting on her like that in the office Awfully. blatantly? Oh, I'm like, oh God. it made me actually cringe a little bit. And I'm like, really, what? you're writing
0: that in 2022? Like, so she oh, yeah. deserved it, if you remember, because she took the promotion by fucking her boss.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she so, got a yeah. sweet
0: robe. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. she, I laughed at that gift to a robe. Real? Okay, <laughs> Yeah, You right. cheap bastard, you're a fucking doctor. And she was, she was
1: like, oh, my God, thank you. Wow. Just
0: yeah. holding it up like it was like a prize. Like, come yeah. on. This is what I'm saying. Simple pleasures from these people, and you know, Mm. just as long as they hurt other people, that's what it matters, I guess.
1: No, I was
2: gonna say the uh, the 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 big uh, the Corey's father-in-law or whatever
0: stepfather. He he was a good guy. to to That's true. That guy is the man. He said the funniest shit in this whole. I hope you find love. Made me laugh out yeah. loud in my house when I was alone so you know that line is fucking classic <laughs> I know uh, other people love the LeBaron line but that one that one's my line um that there's I love. uh
1: there was this the uh the line Corey said about uh sadness and I'm just like where did that come from it's like you know being <laughs> sad it, it'll get to you or something like that I'm like
0: what is that who are you talking to I don't know why I also have, and this is unfair because Laurie Strode deserves better. But like when she goes into that monologue about the two different types of evil, I was like, "Can someone interrupt this? Do we need to sit here and listen to this?" (laughs) Like we've had so many "What evil is" conversations, and this was not poignant at all. So I was just like, Uh, "We're talking about drive chair for you. We're doing it. What are we doing?" Um, So I didn't like a lot of that, and this movie turns Laurie into a stalker. And just a, a weirdo, like and just the mm-hmm. I thought uh, you know, even for how much I liked the 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 house confrontation in the kitchen and everything else and how that all went down, she kinda turns into like an action star. She turns into like Liam Neeson, like mm. the 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 calling into the cops on the suicide thing and then being like, Did you honestly think I'd kill myself? <laughs> like what what are you now like this this is you from two movies ago this is not the same thing that we've been doing on top of the fact that it's just corny so a lot of
1: inconsistencies yeah
0: so this is where i just kind of was like all right i guess this is where we're doing it this is how we're gonna amp this all up because it's all all coming together she's gonna take on all comers and just come out the other side which, which, by the way, I liked it. I don't know if you guys liked what we finally got out of out of that scene, Shane. I guess maybe because you're you're having a little bit of a longer view or maybe a more optimistic view. Did you like how we got Laurie Strode and Michael Myers in that room and how that all transpired? I, I did. I really did.
2: I I've said the last act saved that movie for me. As brief as it was, as brief as that conversation was in the kitchen, I liked it. My right. problem is the setup to that confrontation because right before that is when he gets his ass beat by Corey. And yet now you're throwing around. I'm trying to be kind here. Maybe 150 pound Lori Strode at this moment with one hand, like you're tossing her through right. the kitchen, like a shot put.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But <clears throat> yeah, but I liked it. I liked what they did with them going through the town. Cause they at least kind of tied that into the second movie. And yeah, I did. The ending to me was was fulfilling to me.
1: No, no. <laughs> uh, it, it was just throughout the whole thing. You know, I realize that you're trying to to make Michael like weakened over these four years. And then he's getting this resurgence by all the souls that are being murdered around him. Yeah. Uh, either by Corey's hands or his own. You know, he's gaining his strength like he should have taken Lori out quick and with n- little resistance. Yeah. And she held her own as Shane said, he's being kind hundred 150 pound woman against this, uh, you know, pure evil. Um, right. Yeah. That, you know, everyone just like whittles it down to, he's just a man. And we're going to prove that by, you know, Hey, check out this man parade, you know, which yeah. everyone, how did they find out about this so quick?
0: Yeah, especially with the radio station guy dead, too. You can't even like yeah, say, oh, exactly. it's all, like, getting there. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, the the sheriff is going through every neighborhood on the bullhorn, just like, hey, we got Michael Myers. So, um, <laughs> yep. guys, if you want to grab everything, um, you know, be sure to, mm. you know, grab, <laughs> you know, some extra rope, maybe. I, no, know yeah. what my favorite thing is? Because they didn't really show it entirely, which, of course, they shouldn't. But my brain went to, you ever pack for a family vacation and you have something strapped to the roof, and they put Michael yeah. Myers on that roof, and they strap him down real nice to get him all the way across town to the dump. And I'm like, nobody yeah. was like, "Hey, are you good on your side? You go into oh, this isn't this isn't tied down right." I'm like, "What did you tie we lost Michael Myers? Yeah, the body yeah. falls off like it's a weekend at Bernie's situation." <laughs> I wanted all of that to happen, but of course, not to be. Which I'm like, no. shame no. on you, no. Kenny Powers. And company and, here. Come on. I need and, I need the humor that you supposedly say is in this trilogy.
1: And finally, Chekhov's grinder was <laughs> utilized.
0: Yes. Yeah. Jesus
1: Christ, I was like, Oh, Corey's gonna kill some people in that one. Yeah. Nope. No. Oh, something's gonna get nope. Yeah. Yeah, no, it finally got used. Yeah, and but so, I will say I this. Oh uh, uh, no, 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 go ahead.
0: Please. No, I was gonna no. say and I don't know if I'm satisfied by any of it, but it just I was more satisfied that the movie's over than I was like, oh, this is how Michael Myers meets his end, which I've already seen multiple times in my life <laughs> between, you know, uh, say, uh, H2O. I thought was probably a better way to end this whole thing than whatever we got after that. I can see that. Um, does he get his head chopped off, if I remember correctly? With yeah, the axe? But, yeah. But was it uh, when they
1: turn around and it wasn't him? It was the the ambulance driver yeah what do they what do they say like because i was uh wasn't that talked about in the first halloween uh the 2018 halloween i, I don't remember because they retconned like all
0: that. that stuff but yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so i don't know what they used what they didn't use but they ended up and even kills what what they said that they weren't going to use um yeah like they were making references to five and six they were making references to uh yeah. Her time in the hospital, which I thought this was a direct sequel or direct trilogy from the original 78 Halloween.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I forgot whether part two was included in that. But uh, it's, it's, was it's so long say, ago now. It's four years yeah. and three movies. I don't it, remember. If two
1: was referenced, I'm thinking that's why uh, Laurie had such a kinship with Corey in the initial uh, meeting. Right. Is because he looks a lot like Lance Guest, who mm-hmm. played the paramedic in two. Was that intentional?
0: There are a bunch of Easter eggs. that's what I saw. Did you guys yes. catch all, like, kind of the Easter eggs of this movie, too? I mean, even just the Corey Cunningham so. thing is a nod to Christine or whatever. Um, yes. You know, the, the surname of the guy, Arnie or whatever, from, yes. from that yep. movie. So there's a lot of stuff like that. I, I think even the. The LeBaron the, the car truck. session, the right, oh, sure. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff in here, and and even um the guy who originally played Michael Myers, Nick Castle, I believe, uh, yes. is his name. Yep, uh, was a character in this movie, uh, in the Halloween party. He's the guy who like flashes him with yes. the the weird. With anatomy yeah, yeah i don't know what's <laughs> going on uh, with that costume <laughs> but the whole you like what you see thing is a callback and everything else so there was yeah some of that stuff in here but when, you, when you talk about literally yeah. the 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 meat of this story what what actually is going on here i was not impressed it seems like nobody's impressed and and sadly the people i know are their biggest supporters people like shane uh just they just killed this whole thing uh, by doing this, it's just almost like lazy or I don't even know what the word is like, because they were just so optimistic that they could pull off this Corey Cunningham thing in one shot. And it's it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And I know people who are actually more mad about what they did to Allison than the arc change of Lori Strode in this. And and I can't blame them because right. she makes no sense. At least Lori Strode. We have years and years and years of movies and movies to kind of like piece together what we think of Laurie Strode Allison is uh, all new with this and even through three movies she's wildly inconsistent and like you said the natural born killers thing is kind of what the the initial part (laughs) of this movie is and uh, I believe I read in an interview that David Gordon Green was like yeah there's a version of this movie that we thought like yeah we'll go full on natural born and and they'll both ride off into the sunset and Myers and Laurie will be dead and The two of them go on, which I don't even know Uh, if I hate that more or less, like, because you're signing up for this movie to end everything. It's in the fucking title, but it's like, there's a, uh, I sent you guys an article where it was like, they had a bunch of different options where they're like, Lori dies in this version. Uh, You know, um, Corey doesn't die. And that he kind of like says, you know, like kind of like backs off being evil, which is hilarious. Oh yeah. I killed a bunch of people, but this is too far. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, so there's that version they had. There's a bunch of different versions. If you, if you want to seek out that article or whatever, but my God, it was none of them made me go, Oh, they made the wrong decision. It was just the wrong decision was to not bring this Corey thing out earlier. Like I didn't need kills and the whole, like the town taking over, Aspect of it, wouldn't you have rather seen the Corey thing start at least one movie, if not two movies ago, instead of what we got? Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't have been so upset.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have been so upset. Like you said, if they sprinkled him in a little bit here, a little bit there, had a couple scenes with his, you know, transformation or just getting tortured and just being depressed and whatever happened to him. And then, and, and then, you know, honestly, I would have had no problem if he would have survived this movie. And left at least an air of mystery. I'm like, oh, is he going to pick up the mantle down the road sometime? Like, you know, something like that where it kind of leaves that character a little open-ended. Right. But no, like, they drop the goddamn bomb right into this movie. And it's like, I don't care about this kid. I don't want to watch this movie for an hour and a half. Get me out of here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just wanted to add that uh, when they, when the band geeks, uh, I'm sorry, can I call them geeks? Um, yeah, i don't know when what the they identify geeks, as yeah <laughs> the band bullies uh uh basically pushed Corey over the uh the bridge and thought he died the two girls were like oh my god what did you do what did you do and they seemed upset by it yeah but he was like get in the car get in the baron let's get out of here <laughs> yeah and then later on they're still with these two douches
0: yeah yeah they don't care like
1: like they don't and and everyone was like that everyone's like you know uh oh, you know this is this is uh, time for us to rise up uh maybe we should uh not be around here i don't know uh i hate you uh well you know i'll get you tomorrow you right. know it just seemed like what the hell stick with a plan yeah and and it just it was all over the place
0: yeah and it's not even like they went with oh well the town is now so corrupt and so beat up from Decades of Michael Myers stuff and whatever else, that this is the end result. I didn't feel that or buy into that at all. So it just seemed like Corey landed himself in the worst people ever wherever we saw him and why he never wanted to leave the house or why his mother was maybe so doting. But that was just cringy, um, that whole thing. And they wanted to go deep into the... You know the the stereotypical the trope of you know the the psycho killer as a fucking overbearing mother shit. I don't yeah. know. Um, but even just the thought of this whole, you know he he Michael Myers saved him and or or didn't kill him and spared him and you know the, his eyes changed because he, after he met him and all this stuff, it just didn't. How did Laurie see whole, that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Lori is
1: just like, "Hey, you should date him."
0: Yeah. His eyes. Yeah. It's like
1: he was like 20 feet away. How do you see that?
0: Yeah. And I do also love the uh the Michael Myers getting his groove back thing as you guys said. I wanted like an 80s training montage where it's like he's getting up, he's stretching, they're like working him back in so that way he's ready to take on the world again and that like then then it turns into like a buddy killer movie, you know. These are the fantastical I things say. I think of when a movie just doesn't work. <laughs>
1: No, especially with like the initial one was him finally getting Lori. And then this uh, in kills, he just wanted to go back home. Yeah, and he's he taken on the town. Yeah. And and then he just leaves his home for the sewer. I'm like for four what, what it, years. For four years. It's four like, why don't you years. stay in your house? yeah and kind of dare people to come up to this house and you know you get stabby stabby if you get close
0: yeah my god we need to do a whole series of what michael myers did in the four year is four years away just like he went out, went abroad like i'm going to do like the whole national lampoon vacation series of like he's in europe <laughs> you know big ben parliament he's doing the whole travel yeah. thing and then he comes back he's like all right I'm gonna. I'm, I'm ready to get back ready, ready in the game to kill now. Kill some people. Yeah. Yeah. I've did my Ram Springer version. <laughs> I've oh I've God. gone. I've gone off. You know, outside of Haddonfield. I'm back. Yeah. I don't know. This movie didn't oh, work. Wow. I don't know how much more you guys want to belabor the fact that this movie just didn't work. Um, but what I will say is that do you think this is over? Over? And like at least for Lori Strode, no. or or whether what what we're gonna get going forward. Does anyone have any thoughts on that?
2: I I predict that I do think this is the end of Jamie Lee Curtis being in any Halloween movie going forward. Agreed. Yeah. Do I think this franchise is over? God, I hope so. Uh and it <laughs> hurts me and it hurts me to say that because this is my favorite of the like marquee Halloween franchises that everyone watches. This is my favorite franchise. Right. But they need to put this thing to bed for at least well, I'm 45. Until at least I'm in my <laughs> 55, 60. Bring it back. So there's always a possibility. You know how Hollywood is, but I yeah. think the Laurie Strode storyline is completely over.
0: Yeah, because what it was like a decade yeah. between the Rob Zombie ones and this. Yeah. So about. they'll probably do Someone's that done, again. Yeah. They'll put another decade yep. on it, and and worst case they'll they'll do. See, this is the thing. It's not like Jason Michelle needs, Michaels. Right?
1: <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, and it's, it's a female Myers. version. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: Um, or, or Allison now turns heel and she's she's got the eyes, but there's no one to fucking uh. witness it. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> somebody already just wrote that script now that I just said oh, that out loud. God. Um, yep. But yeah. I Damn could, you. I could see them making it a series on Peacock because they want Peacock to fucking survive, obviously, because they did this whole day and date thing multiple times now. So I don't know. I don't I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I did read somewhere that I guess the producers from way back when have this clause in their contract to where they're not actually allowed to, quote, kill Michael Myers. But obviously it's Mm. like dude was in a meat grinder, bro. Like, I don't I don't know uh, (laughs) what what you could do going forward. But, you know, um, I I don't know. I don't know how to how to feel about that. So I I, I think Uh, this is definitely the end for Laurie Strode. I th- or Jamie Lee Curtis in general, because um, she's going down this road too much. I'm sure she loves the paycheck and whatever, but yeah. it just I thought they tried to say so many things. Like she she was all about the tour on the first movie of like being like, yeah, this is a feminist movie, this is a survivor story, this mm-hmm. is all this stuff. And then by the time we get here, it's like, all right, well, what is it now, Jamie Lee? What do you what are you saying now? What's the what's the tagline now to get me to? be excited because you tricked me multiple times
1: she's a survivor question mark
0: <laughs> yes cue the destiny child all right yes um. <laughs> we, we can't afford that no 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 i'm sorry yeah we spent all our money last week with uh chris playing the mr harrigan's uh yeah i apologize Con- it was appropriate country and western song that we let yeah out. yeah um we
1: lack two types of music country and western yeah. um <laughs> i do want to add though that i had And it was strictly because of company I was with. I actually had more fun with this one Mm. than I had with the previous two. Right. And it felt to me like... uh, I don't know if you, Andrew, uh, ever attended the uh, Saturday watch-alongs that Larry used to throw. I did some, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it felt like that. Because like, John was making comments, Christian was making comments. And it just we knew what the hell we were watching we were watching a train wreck right and we're entertaining ourselves throughout yeah Yeah. so it it you know we i think amped it up more because we're like okay this is the end and it should end on a high note right but it didn't I know. so we just we just rolled with it and i don't know i i had fun with the company i was with so
0: so Chris, you went more uh, not for the early bird special, special that uh, Shane did, right? You were at like an eight o'clock showing or something. Of it that it was eight thirty, packed or not? Eight thirty at
1: night. Um, it was a decent crowd. Um, it was uh, Thursday night, eight thirty at like this Grand
0: AMC theater, right uh, in Plainville, right. So, so I'm just trying to get the it, vibe it was while it's going crowd. on. Are people also talking shit? Are, are they laughing are they mad like did, did you get a sense when you're walking out like people are just like what the fuck just happened
1: you know <laughs> i think we all went through our own bit of trauma because <laughs> it, it, it's that silent walk that you're like do i say it now or do i right. do i talk about it in the parking lot Yeah, we chose to wait into the parking lot yeah because you don't want other people coming out going i didn't see that movie i came from you know lyle lyle crocodile <laughs> right <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah um at 10 30 at night but um it's the way to do yeah, it yeah so it was uh it was a lot of like you know murmurs you know to the parking lot and then you know we have our grand discussion or our salon yeah where we uh we just talk a bunch of trash
0: yeah oh yeah I love that I I used to love doing the diner run after stuff you know when you're in high school college and you go see a movie I miss that I truly do Um, I had a little bit of a taste of that over the weekend because I was at New York Film Festival uh, and I was uh, I saw White Noise uh, the Netflix Adam Driver movie uh, Noah Baumbach movie and right afterwards I went to dinner had dinner and drinks with also Mike from uh Mike Mike and Oscar and we kind of did that and I I was like ah oh, man I miss this I wish I could do this after yeah. every movie I watch um yep but of course uh nobody watched it with me while I'm sitting uh watching on Peacock in my house going what the fuck <laughs> just happened um but I think you know, evil crowd surf tonight, evil, you know, screenwriting died tonight. There was a lot of things that happened, but I think we can all kind of agree. Uh, I don't know if we want to do grades before we move on, but I, honestly, to me, this is a two-star movie, and that at times might be generous.
2: Yeah, this is the worst Halloween entry in the entire, I don't care what timeline you're looking at. Oh, shit. Like, this is, this w- worse, is worse than, than Buster Hall- Rhymes? Worse than part How- yeah. five? This is worse than Halloween Resurrection. I'd rather watch Halloween Resurrection for Busta Rhymes and Katie Sackhoff on its own merits
0: there. Because wow. okay? you know yeah. what you're getting? Is that the the thought process there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, it's stupid kills and whatever. So I gave this a one and a half star. Ooh, buddy. And that hurts me so much. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts me so much to do that to this movie. But I I, I can't with this thing.
0: Yeah, I may end up getting there. The more I just keep trashing it in my brain, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm at around two. What about you, Chris?
1: I was thinking one and a half, two.
0: Yeah. Um, but I'll go with two. Like I said, uh, you know, I had
1: fun with the people I was with, but it is not good. Honestly, uh, I didn't like this trilogy
0: at all. Like it. it yeah.
1: Same. Like I understand what they were going for, the execution just didn't didn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Um, and to be honest, I think. What, quote, saved me to get to, to two, I guess, is just how it ended wasn't so, you know, ham-handed, whatever, or clumsy or whatever. They just kind of got to it and then ended it. Um, but I would say between that and some of the kills, because I truly liked the uh, the Corey kills at the uh, junkyard and some of the other parts of that. Mm. Other than that, it's really a messy, terrible movie. So, um, I guess maybe two is optimistic, but I guess some of those things, or maybe I'm just so happy it's over. Like you said, this trilogy didn't do a whole lot for me and now it's over and now we can all move on with our lives to get to the second half of at least our episode where we watch a ton of other things on Netflix uh, that we listed up top, Midnight Club, Watcher, School for Good and Evil, a bunch of stuff. So we will get to that after this break. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith,
1: codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation.
0: And I'm a writer in Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things.
1: We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and
0: content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, now that evil finally died, let's move on to all the stuff that Netflix has to offer part of their Netflix and Chills menu of stuff, uh, including something that I've been very interested in and someone who seems to pop up around this time of year almost every year, uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, the the creator of the Haunting of series, whether it's Hill House or Blythe Manor, Midnight Mass. Was Midnight Mass last year or two years ago? last year's last, last year. year okay i i feel like he's just here every single year feels like which i'm all for it um the midnight club is his latest work it's based on the work of christopher pike um this is about a group of terminally ill teenage patients residing at a hospice location and together they create the midnight club they meet in secret at midnight to tell horror stories together, the group forms a pack that whoever dies first would make the effort to contact the rest of the Midnight Club members from beyond the grave. I know, like I said, this is a, based on a series of books of Christopher Pike stuff. I remember when I saw uh, Mike Flanagan and crew uh, at the Connecticut Horror Fest, they mentioned that where they like, were like we could have taken just one of these books and made kind of like a thing onto itself as maybe a movie. Um, but instead, they decided to do a mini series where they did a collection of these. Um, and it feels like I know I think Chris mentioned it off air and I, it was kind of the first thing I thought of where it was like, you know, are you afraid of the dark? Some kind of like series of stories over and over, maybe not with a continuity throughout. You guys watch this one. I have not seen this yet. So I'm going to kind of like put all my questions, all my thoughts through you guys and see how this actually transpired. Um, Shane, we'll start with you, buddy, because I believe you finished this whole deal. I think, Chris, you're like close. Um, So Midnight Club, how did this work for you, Shane? I know you're a big fan of Flanny.
2: Yeah. Overall, this is probably my favorite series of his. Interesting, because
0: the scores are actually the lowest, at least IMDb-wise and other ones, compared to his other work. So I'm interested in that.
2: Right, uh, I enjoyed because I think I'm into like the scary story, the individual stories throughout every episode. Right of this this series, that's why it worked for me, and I've always kind of grown up like in you know certain you know episodes of Tales from the Crypt and whatever you want to give me. Yeah, I, I'm into those things, and there I are did the like creep the way... show anthology stuff yeah. like that. Sure, yeah. So I did like the way you know they told a different story every, just about every episode. So I liked it. Uh, more than his previous work, especially more than uh, Midnight Mass. I'll I'll say that in okay. Blythe Manor. <clears throat> okay. You could toss this up with his first one he did, um, which I'm Hill blanking House. on the name. Uh, yeah. yeah, Hill House. Yeah. yeah. So you go back and forth between those two.
0: How does it feel like, uh, how scary does it get? Because obviously you're talking about teenagers telling horror stories. You know, is it closer to that? feeling of like an are you afraid of the dark or is it as tame as say maybe a a tales from the crypt or is it something much darker uh to me honestly it was it had supernatural elements sure it
2: had some jump scares story-wise it wasn't as scary as other things that i've seen from him i mean there's some disturbing yeah scenes in these but over and overall if you put the whole series together it's probably his tamest that's my opinion I don't know how right Chris feels so far and
0: I this. wonder if that's why the yeah, I wonder if that's why the reactions to this maybe are so polarizing because maybe people thought oh this is the guy that scared the shit out of us for <laughs> year after year uh, that maybe this isn't exactly what they, that audience would sign up for people have been around since you know at least Dr Sleep or before. Uh, all the early films, you know, your Oculus, your hush, your what have you. Um, Chris, do you, do you share the sentiments that Shane was saying? Yeah. Like it,
1: it's pretty much like, I think my eight year old can watch certain things
0: out of yeah, this. But she's screwed um, up, man. You ruined her. She so, is like, it. you know, listen, sorry, <laughs> sweetie.
1: The original Hellraiser has to be seen before the new one. So just <laughs> sit down and enjoy. Um, why are you crying? No, I will say yeah. <laughs> don't tell mom.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, I will say that the uh the you know, there's certain stories that like, you know, okay, that's got creep factor to it. Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, the kid Kevin, his story of this unassuming kid in high school who has like this dark version mm. uh when when nighttime comes, essentially. Right. Um I won't say what it is, but it gets. That's probably the darkest this series yeah. has. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. It, um, does it
0: feel like a, a piece with like Fear Street, Ernie, and that stuff? That kind of age level okay. or that thought?
1: Yeah. Like just above Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Like the R.L. Stein, Fear Street. Uh, it's along those lines. uh okay. In certain times, but most of the time, it's it's sort of like this uh, presence of dread and you know what's around that corner but not like his previous ones like uh you know hill house and Blythe manor where you know where those were like especially hill house where you're like oh my god am i seeing what i'm seeing you know there's a little less of that
0: in this but it is uh it's well done i think shane you've now seen it all the way to the end so it it, does it End in a certain way that feels satisfying, or does it kind of just give you the final story? Is it like sentimental at all? Because these are like dying patients yeah, in a
2: hospice. I, that was my thought. I was I was watching this series like, man, this is kind of a, a morbid setup, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm still going over the ending finale, the last episode in my head because I'm struggling with does that really work for me? I think the overall answer is yes. Uh, it is sentimental, but. I, I don't know how else they would have landed this bird. Right. But I, I, after much thought, I actually was like, okay,
1: I'm okay with that. Okay. I will say there is a through line, which is there's rumor of a patient of uh, this place actually being cured of what they had. Right. And it has uh, one character uh, glomming onto that and wanting to find how it was done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she kind of ropes everyone else into it, but also they have their midnight club where they tell these stories that kind of have a tinge of what they're actually really experiencing right right uh, but with a touch of
0: them making it up on the fly. Sure thing. It'll be interesting to see how this fares. Like, like I said, the scores are a little lower than I would have thought. It's it's got an eighty-seven Rotten Tomato score, so that's doing fine there. So, certain critics are liking a l- little bit more, but a, a six-point-seven IMDb is the lowest of all his mini series. Has a fifty-seven percent Rotten Tomato audience mm. score, so that's not incredibly surprising. A little bit. Yeah, I think again because maybe people just didn't they geared up for something that they weren't expecting but in I a, will in a say, more tame version i will
2: say the soundtrack to this to this series is phenomenal oh yeah? i think it takes place in 1999
1: or 1997 okay uh, uh 90 95 96 uh okay because that that episode indicated that it was a year
0: later from okay. whatever yeah.
2: soundtrack was great awesome.
0: so i got a kick out of that too and the production value is like all there and everything else cuz yeah. they, they love Flanny there so i would imagine he's got car blanche. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, uh, I
1: will say some of the uh, shadowy objects are like <clears throat> okay, this is for a TV series, <laughs> yeah. it's not cinematic. right? Exactly. But you like that's not the focus. Mm-hmm. You know what i mean? It's it's these kids, it's what they're experiencing and then to have this like uh visual appear you're like, okay, that's not where the budget went, you know. Right. Yeah, but uh, exactly. but I'm okay with it, you know. Like most things, that that's kind of disjointed and it, it's kind of jarring to see. Right. But I'm like, okay, all right, it's freaking them out. Sure. All right, it's propelling the story.
0: Exactly. And kudos to Netflix because they really have anteed up on the miniseries. A lot of people have not done a lot of these things, but of course. Flanagan has been very successful with his, and at the end of this month, I mean, we're about a week away or a little bit more from uh, something that Chris was looking forward to, especially uh, the Guillermo del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities, which looks like we're going to just up this ante again, be like, you know, Tales from the Crypt, but maybe a little higher, a little maybe more creepier version of separate stories again, um, doing... Yeah, you know, just insane stories uh that are a little darker, a little bit more adult maybe than this. So we'll get this within a week or two of each other. Like, that's insane. And then in between, uh, I know Chris and Shane, you guys also either started or finished, uh, I believe in Chris's case, The Watcher, which a lot of people are checking out yep. over this. Uh, it just came out, right? Like, it just came out. Mm-hmm. what this weekend earlier, yeah, yeah it's just this weekend so and i know chris you were in new jersey over the weekend you said you yep. actually went to the house uh that this yes. takes place in so how did that how I was sure that experience did. especially watching it at the same time
1: so uh the missus melanie my wife uh had seen the series without me Uh i'm okay i'm all right <laughs> mark um, safe but yeah she, But she said, uh, she said, I'll watch it again with you. I was like, no, you know, you have other things to watch, but, uh, I had started it and then she had, uh, we visited a friend of hers over the weekend Mm -hmm. and, uh, she had said, oh, uh, I'm watching this series. And her friend, Nada, shout out to her. She had not started the series And she ended up uh, saying, oh, that's like an hour away from where we are. Mm. Let's take the ride. I'm like, okay. So we went out there, and uh, I was like, this is foolish. Is this really (laughs) the house that that they filmed, or is this really the the place where it's at? And uh, as uh, we're taking pictures, uh, a vehicle pulls up behind us. And we're like, oh, man, is that a cop, or is that... Like a neighborhood watch where they're going to be like, "Shoo, shoo, get away!" Right. We we're like, "Okay, we got our pictures. Let's go!" Right. That vehicle stayed, so it turns out like this was a hot commodity for the weekend. Huh. Uh, it was another person taking photos. We said, "You know what? We're going to round the corner again, and we'll take the the better pictures uh, where we're not feeling rushed." So Do we people took the pictures, there? and yeah, people live there. Uh, and actually, there was uh, lights on, and and uh, it looked like someone was home. So huh. we didn't want to put the flashes on our cameras, right? But uh, you know, we were taking the pictures, and and uh, you can see what we took on arguing with myself, and uh, yeah, and when we took that second round, like three other cars were behind us, ready to take their photos. Hmm. I'm like, what the. You know, like it was the first time I ever heard about the place. And then suddenly, you know, everyone's going there. But I think the people that live in the area know the story. Sure. So,
0: yeah. And people were just being murdered right there in the house while you were there. Right. That's how it it works. It's still just constantly in action. There was a
1: murder in the house, (laughs) um, but uh, that was in the past. You know, what are you going to do? You know, you're just going to hem and haw over the same thing. Move on.
0: They must have got a um, steal on that house, at least. I don't know if it's a, its not the same uh, uh, family who owns it, right? That would be weird.
1: No, no. Uh, <laughs> someone did get a steal on the house. I, I think like they got it for four hundred thousand less than asking.
0: Oh yeah, you told me this is in like a rich neighborhood, right? Or seemingly yeah, yeah. rich area. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, like there are houses that I couldn't even afford to walk through. Right. You know. But uh yeah, it's a nice little neighborhood and, and the house itself is uh, you know, pretty nice. I think they took some liberties with uh either the way they shot it, mm-hmm. like the angles, or um, but it looks slightly different than in the show. There's like this horseshoe driveway that and it kind of sits on a corner in the mm-hmm. show. Right. Uh, but in real life it's just this regular neighborhood. It's close enough, but it—I don't think it was like dead on. Okay, where they filmed.
0: So. All right. So let's get to the show itself. So this is about a married couple moving into their dream home. They're threatened by terrifying letters from a stalker signed "The Watcher." Right. That pretty much Correct. sums it up. And uh, you know, this is getting you know similar rating, six point eight. On IMDb, uh, similar to the Midnight Club. Now, again, you finish this up as opposed to Shane. You're close to the end, but you're still moving through it. So obviously, we're we're not spoiling anything uh, to this point. But so, Chris, what were your now that you did actually get all the way through it? And it seems like your yeah. your wife, if she's willing to watch it again, she seemed to enjoy it too. So yes, this seems to be a a, a big talk around the weekend. What did you think of the Watcher overall?
1: Everyone died. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry. Including no, me. Uh, I'm a ghost. <laughs> it
1: It's weird because it's it's a house that everyone wants to get into. And in spite of the weird neighbors, mm-hmm. these letters that, you know, start off kind of unassuming, like, you know, oh, we appreciate the look of this house. We hope that you're good to this house. It's like, right. okay. Then it sounds a little more sinister like you know, <laughs> we don't like what you did with that. You know, why do you hang this picture up? And you're like, okay, you're you're talking about the inside of our house. Like, what do you what are you doing? Right. And you know, uh, it, it almost becomes like uh, like this sickness mm-hmm. where like it, it's driving the owners crazy. Yeah. Uh, the owners played by Naomi Watts and uh, Bobby C- Cavanaugh. Kind of um, Yeah. yeah kind of whatever um that guy yeah the guy from will and grace you know him
0: hey kind um, of come on you know get the <laughs> get the italian in there buddy come on work with me here sorry i'll
1: write it in a letter yeah. um so yeah they're they're <laughs> you know they're going through their own stuff they're you know getting these letters uh almost daily as i i believe and um yeah it just it's like this weird thing like if i was in this situation I don't know how I would react. Right. Uh I don't know how uh quick I would try and get out of there or if I would just like try and ride it out because nothing is really happening to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like this underlying creepiness. Yeah.
0: You know, in these letters, the way it's worded. Well, it's kind um, of the stalking vibe fills that yeah. kind of with you it's like constant just a presence it's a dread but it's not like yes. something to that could be so imminent that you're just freaked out all the time
1: like i'm not alone and this person is just constantly watching you know like you don't feel safe and it is uh they they're surrounded by these just weirdos these these crackpot neighbors and it, it's almost like you know they're driving them crazy and there's no one to turn to for comfort. Right. So, you know, that's like the whole series, all 7 episodes. Right. And uh, you know, it's it's testing the marriage. It's testing the uh the the way they they treat each other and their kids. It's it's wild and and <laughs> the whole time I'm like, how much is this true? How how <laughs> you know please tell me that most of this is made up
0: and you were shouting that while you're taking crazy. pictures and stuff just like asking i was neighbors around I, just like going door to door <laughs> hey
1: how true <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and then the cops really came so we had to leave no um yeah. no yeah. no we
1: were polite
0: and we took our photos and we left but now that you're all the way through it it's an, it's a it stands up it's good it's worth the hype
1: yes uh it is uh it's based on a true story but it's it's i, I think it's more fiction mm-hmm. than than truth yeah that's hey, my
0: estimation okay and Jay, and i know you're not all the way through it uh but the one thing i need to know from you of course because i feel <laughs> i feel bad you know a couple of weeks ago we're like ripping apart goodnight mommy and like going through the is naomi watts okay now, now she's the lead of something that's becoming a phenomenon over the weekend and, and you're watching it. How how is she in this? Is it a reclamation uh, for, uh is it a re- <laughs> getting her mojo back from uh, the sour taste of goodnight mommy?
2: Yeah, it was a surprise because I didn't know the show was coming out. So, mm. I got to with Midnight Club and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I need something else to watch. And then I you know, it just came up and I saw the trailer in Against This was tough for me because I cannot stand Bobby. (laughs) I don't even care how to pronounce his fucking last name. I hate (laughs) that guy so much. (laughs) Poor Bobby. Yeah. I I don't like watching anything he's in. So Mm. that's a huge obstacle for me to get over. Okay. Naomi Watts, And he's he's honestly, I guess this is growth on my part. He's actually okay (laughs) in this show. And Um, Naomi Watts was funny because I'm like, oh, we just ripped apart. Good night. Mommy, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. She, Yeah, she's good. I think she shows her old form in this show. It's a typical Ryan Murphy show, Was <clears throat> so far as what I'm getting out of it, and I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, so far, so good. It's quirky. It's weird mm. in spots. It's, uh, again, typical Ryan Murphy. If you're a fan of Ryan Murphy, this is kind of like right up your alley, so... uh yeah, I'm enjoying the ride so far. I should have it done here in the next couple days or two. Oh,
0: yeah, I'll probably watch it tonight. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a psycho? Yeah, it's funny about the Ryan Murphy part of this, right? Because like he signs this huge deal with Netflix. There was a bunch of uh, podcast episodes I've listened to from like industry people where it's like, oh man, this deal was a dud for Netflix. It didn't bear fruit, and then all of a sudden, here comes Dahmer being the hit of the last couple of months here. Then the watcher comes out and is now kind of like gaining a lot of attention over here and, and becoming like a a phenomenon over the weekend. This guy is just absolutely on fire. And then of course, uh, you know, American horror story just came back through. So he's got stuff for other people that are clicking. Um, but yeah, for all the things, like maybe the, the missteps with the, other projects that he had you know from netflix during this deal or at least stuff that didn't set the world on fire like i thought the prom was okay but you know it's not something that everybody's gonna rush out to or uh some of the other like musical stuff or stuff based on plays and everything else this you know is back to his basic this is what netflix wanted from him Dahmer and this and that's exactly what they wanted and at the perfect time of year would you agree with that chris yeah
1: I think so. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Murphy's work. I find it to be, uh, like, uh, soap, uh, soap ish. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, sure. it, it's, it's like over the top. It's uh grandiose with this. It's a little more subdued, but it's got these, uh, weird occurrences throughout. Uh, I liked, uh, the, the first American horror stories. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the murder house. Was that the, the first season?
0: And now you're back in a murder house again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, again, um, where, you know, it was, it was a good creepy story. You didn't know what it was trying to tell. Right. And then you're trying to recapture that magic with the, the subsequent follow ups, Right. And, uh, with this, it was almost like a, a subdued, uh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, Yes, there's quirky characters, but it wasn't like, um, you know, no one's overacting. No one's, you know, uh, making the drama more dramatic. Right. Um, It it was just, it it was well done. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I only saw parts of Dahmer. So, you know, I I don't know how much Ryan Murphy was shown throughout that. Right. But um, The Watcher was uh, definitely watchable.
0: Mm hmm. That's a good note to end that on. So I wanted to move on just because we have a couple of more things uh, for Netflix, things that are out or will be out by the time you hear this. <laughs> Shane, uh, before we get to school of, for good and evil, I, I desperately want to know what was the experience watching a movie that we teased a little bit <laughs> a while ago with old people? Uh, a movie about a woman who travels home with her two kids for her sister's wedding, but finds herself defending her family against blood seeking pensioners, as they put it. And like an island of old people where it's more old than young. And then it just gets overwhelming and they just take over. And like, I guess the wedding is kind of like a last stand sort of for,
2: for these people. So I saw the trailer come up and as you guys know, sometimes I could be a, just I'll watch anything. So I was like, I didn't know what to expect on this one, especially being like a German horror film, which <laughs> a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. When we watch these movies for
0: sure. Yeah.
2: Now this place, again, the, the marriage is the catalyst for this movie, uh, the screenwriting on the writing side. It's okay. Cause again, things get lost, but 'Cause there's no they don't really explain how the old people just lose their goddamn minds and start killing people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they just had enough.
2: Yeah, they start off like in a in a old folks retirement home and they all kind of make this way to the wedding as it's happening. Right. So I don't know if they're pissed off young people are having fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I I liked this movie. I, it was like <laughs> okay, it, yeah. I liked the way it was shot. It was kind of gritty and grainy. And like you know, just like a dark tone to it. Mm-hmm. I liked the family that was involved in this. There's a couple twists towards the end that I liked, and I told Chris this movie actually made me gag. Like I almost, I had to almost <laughs> leave the room because it wow. triggered, It triggered me. And again, you'll have to excuse some of the plot holes like, huh, what? I don't, I didn't care by the end of it. I'm like, wow, that was better than I anticipated. <laughs> so if I were to grade it, I would give it a, th- hey, it a solid three for this okay. type of movie. Yeah. So yeah. if you want something that does have that freaky, weird feel to it and you're like, ugh,
0: check this movie <laughs> out. So it, it doesn't like live up to kind of the B movie thought. Of what this sounds like, oh, there, yeah, it's very B movie ish in parts,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but I liked some of the kills in here. I thought I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I just enjoyed it. It just came out of nowhere, and you know, because you mentioned it, I was like, "I'm going to give it a shot." It's like an hour and twenty five minutes. It's a short
0: movie. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it can't be. Yeah. Well, actually, it, it listed it as a hour and forty one, but maybe that's with oh, credits okay. and everything. But still. Short enough. It feels like uh something that should be on shutter, but it's on Netflix. Exactly. You make a good point there. Yep. That's interesting, yeah, because this like I told you, it just sounded so crazy. And there's there's a poster for it, like the, the little image for it is just like a black and white just up close photo of like this old man who looks like a turtle, and it's like, oh god, it's just terrifying. I don't even want to look at it. Um, yeah, because yeah. there's one guy
2: who's like the leader of all these old people, and he's a creepy mother effer man. And but that's okay. the other thing, it's like, why is he anointed? The whatever, just have fun
0: with it, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he, oh my god, yeah, it's just <laughs> I don't even know what to think about this movie, but I. <laughs> At least if you're saying it's worth the effort, maybe, maybe that clicks in as we get closer to Halloween, I'll I'll give it a shot and just be like, yeah, just waste my evening. Just, uh, you know, on my vacation, just sitting here going, Jesus, fucking old people, man. Um, Well, it mostly just seems like you're saying there's no nuance here. It's just old people off the chain and surviving this onslaught of the elderly. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's what I want, though. I got, like you don't you don't open this up and go, yeah, no. This 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 is it was so much more highbrow than I expected. No one's gonna say that about a movie called Old People. All right, I don't even know if, if the, how it's translated from uh, whatever they named it in uh, Germany or or Polish. But Jesus, Old People, pretty straight up. So uh, <laughs> exactly, yep you get what you're bargaining for so okay all right I'll put that on li- on the list I'll keep it there I know at least at least you're telling me it's not so schlocky that it's uh that it's just obnoxious so I don't want that it's either it has to be so bad that it's hilarious or it's actually watchable because you're like oh my god they went they made old people into zombies, basically, <laughs> like a zombie apocalypse.
2: Yeah, it's like maybe the best Polish horror movie ever. <laughs> well,
0: what, what are we comparing it to? German. Uh, nobody Sleep in the Woods Tonight or whatever? I mean, that's yeah. the only other Polish horror movie I could think of off the top of my head. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. So if it's better than that, yeah, everything is. So you're not exactly telling me anything I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's good to know. Before we uh, wrap up here, I just want to uh, put out there, especially for the Netflix heads, uh, out today, if you're listening to it on day release, uh, The School for Good and Evil. Now, again, we've been talking about a lot more (laughs) aggressive, scarier stuff. Uh, Maybe this falls in line more with the Midnight Club crowd or whatever. But this is a Netflix fantasy tale that actually does kind of get a little, uh, it gets progressively darker. As it goes through, this is based on a YA fantasy series of books from author Soman Chiani. The movie follows two young women from a low class village of Gavildan. Um Sophie, who's more like uh, a beautiful soul princess type uh, person, unsatisfied with her ordinary life, and then her best friend, Agatha is more of the odd and sullen sort that is uh, commonly referred to as a witch by her local townsfolk. So, very much like this kind of setting up like this fairy tale binary existence kind of thing and they end up learning about the school for good and evil, Sophie desperately wants to leave to live a more extraordinary life and and become a princess and go through that whole tract and so she wishes to this wishing tree. And then both of them end up getting whisked away to the, the school for good and evil, but they are put in the different houses than they thought they were. Sophie ends up landing in the evil one and Agatha in the one for good. And then it kind of unravels, uh, and, and testing out their friendship and everything else and finding a way to get out of this situation. But they also end up having to deal with a lurking, evil presence that's within the school walls that they have to contend to at the same time. I don't know if I'm selling this appropriately, but I actually like this movie. (laughs) This movie, it it feels like uh, do Revenge, but like the YA fantasy version where it's like, I know of the 80s and 90s movies they're trying to be like, and it actually works. That they're they're trying to just show homage or like little things here, but this movie is entirely onto its own. Uh, it doesn't feel derivative of those movies, um, and it carves out a nice little presence for itself. And and the and the cast is absurd. It's actually too deep. Uh, there are times where I'm like, why is like Patty Lapone and uh, Rachel Bloom and uh, Rob Delaney is in this movie, and yet they barely speak. Or, or like <laughs> Michelle Yeoh's in here for like a hot minute too, and you're like, okay, she didn't do much. She's not a focus at all. Why'd you get Michelle Yeoh to be this tiny little part? But it's got Charlize Theron, it's got Carrie Washington, it's got Lawrence Fishburne, um, you know, uh, and Kate Blanchett is the a uh, narrator voice character in this. It's like Jesus Christ, what the hell is the budget for this movie uh, that they went wow. that hard with all those? But the movie does center around basically the two two younger leads. So this is definitely a more focused on teenage, girl focused, you know, but is appealing to all ages. And it's definitely more of a family sort, though I wouldn't have my six and eight-year-olds watch it. Although Chris's eight-year-old, as we've established, is already more bent than my kids. So maybe they will uh, do that. And yes, I say that just as Chris left the room, so I can, I can do that. But I feel like, uh, you know... Paul Feig, I did not see this coming from him. He's a guy who did, you know, Bridesmaids and Last Christmas and Ghostbusters and things like that. So it's not exactly something that I thought was in his wheelhouse, but they did a lot of cool stuff with animatronic characters, non-CGI characters, a lot of things that really opened up the universe. And I thought they did a pretty good job. It uh, it starts out a little slow because you're transferring from quote unquote, they're like real village to the school but once you're in the school i i was actually quite impressed with what they were able to pull off so if you're if you're a person who is into like say Harry Potter or Princess Bride or uh you know the the main villain in here actually re- reminded me of a little bit of like a combination of like Jafar Maleficent and Scar all kind of wrapped up in one so I thought they did a good job. There's a lot of blood magic. It gets kind of scary. There's like they they have uh, houses of good and evil fighting each other to a twisted cover of uh, Britney Spears' Toxic, which is bananas. Um, but yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it. I gave it a, a my uh, play pause or stop series for uh, what's on Netflix. I gave it a play, and that article is available now. So if you want a more detailed version of that, but yeah, I was into it. So if you're into uh, the things I was saying, maybe if uh, it, it's b- right in that time period before we get you know, Willow at the end of the year and Percy Jackson next year and a new Hunger Games movie next year. If you're just looking for something in that vein that'll just be a, a, a fun couple hours for you, I, I would say The School for Good and Evil will actually fulfill that void. So good on them. There's a bunch of these books. I would imagine... You know, because it's getting pretty decent reviews. I think it has like a three and a half on Letterboxd before it even opens. So the people who've got it ahead of time seem to enjoy it. I am one of those. So, yeah, check it out. And hopefully if it does well enough, they'll make sequels to these things. And and they have plenty of source material. So that'll be interesting. So check that out on Netflix, as was uh, The Watcher, of course, and Midnight Club and Old People. So you have a bunch of stuff to put in your queue. Uh, Any other... Uh, closing words guys here, any other stuff you're, you're looking forward to, or maybe just, uh, you know, we're, we're a couple weeks out from Halloween. You guys, uh, you guys enjoying your October Halloween period. Are you really going deep so far? So good. I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. I think this is
2: movie wise and show wise. This has been a really solid month of October. I think uh, so. Yeah, I don't I didn't see what else is out to close the month up yet, but so far so good for me. So I can't really I don't really have anything I'm absolutely looking forward to because I didn't
0: look ahead yet. So Yeah. I I know um, you know, I like I said, I did that uh free trial, whatever for AMC plus, which includes Shudder and everything else. I, I I caught Glorious, which was uh a movie that a bunch of our fellow podcasters were kinda like <laughs> putting out there as they thought it was kind of like a fun movie to to watch. It's a solid three star HP Lovecraft kind of like heady weird movie where the with a guy uh you know who seems like uh I guess he just broke up with his girlfriend, he's down in his luck, ends up at a rest stop. He's kind of like living out of his car. And uh he uh, <laughs> at the rest stop, a uh like basically essentially like a demigod is living in a stall in the bathroom of the rest stop, which sounds crazy and yeah. stupid. Um But he Been ends up there. Getting...
1: Seen that?
0: I know, of course. Yeah. <laughs> how how else would it go? Um, but <laughs> you know, it's this interesting interaction of like, you know, the guy trying to escape the room, but also like intrigued by this kind of like doomsayer plot line that's going through. Like I said, a lot of Lovecraft inspired stuff. And it gets very, you know, bloody and nutso, and it's all in one room for most of the time. And it's an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. Just wind it up and just go with the freak out, And it it actually has a bit of a twist to it and everything else with the the guy who's there and why he's there. Because they keep saying he's the only person who can fix this problem with the demigod. So once that all unravels, I was actually pretty satisfied with it. So, um... I would check that out. Glorious on shutter. Um, anything else that's like on anybody's watch list or anything coming up? No, I got nothing. Uh,
1: but I, I will agree that this year has been pretty good for uh horror. Yeah. Like th- this is what you expect around this time of year. You, you don't get it peppered throughout. It's, you know, clustered in the fall season
0: Always. where the air is yeah.
1: crisper and, you know, you, you just look forward to it. Yeah. And, uh, You know, for a person like myself who uh, may poo-poo most horror. (laughs) Oh, you poo-poo. You poo-poo. For most, you know, I like the good stuff. Uh, Give me more good stuff. Don't don't give me all this Halloween ends.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I hope that, you know, uh, for your sake, especially because you drafted uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities is good. That's coming yeah. up very soon and then uh I know we have I've seen Wendell and Wild the uh the Jordan peel uh, Kean Peel animated uh kind of like dark animated tale for from Netflix there too and uh, I I enjoyed it so I would say look out for that too you'll get more detail on that soon um the good nurse is like uh a, a, you know a, a nurse who's uh maybe uh, not acting so nursely. Uh, coming up soon for, for Netflix there, too. Um, and Pray for the Devil, I know, theatrically, is probably like that last big gasp of a horror movie that weekend uh, going into the Halloween weekend. So there's a few things that I'm still interested in and might give a, give a nice chill uh, as we enter into that period. Shane, you were kind of like going yeah. pouring over your notes. you find anything there?
2: Yeah, but it's right outside the... Freaking October timeline, but the menu would be a movie I'm looking forward to, which would have fit into the October theme because I'm really hyped up about that movie. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that would have been probably a much better fit to come out this past weekend because I don't, you know, again, I guess you you clear the lane for Halloween ends. I guess maybe that's the point. Um, but yeah, mm. it's, I think it's what, like the second week of November or something like that.
2: Yeah. It's uh, 20, no 32 days. So it's like, what is that from now Post Thanksgiving? No. Yeah. It's right in the middle of uh, oh, yeah. next month. So November yeah. 18th, sorry. November 18th.
0: Makes sense. Get it out of the way before Thanksgiving. You don't want people to equate that meal maybe with the meal <laughs> they're about to have. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, a bunch of good stuff. This was a good time, guys. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to trying to catch up with a lot of those miniseries that you guys laid out for their Netflix. You know, on fire right now, and they have an earnings call tomorrow that I'm going to be very interested to know uh, because especially they announced their uh, ad-supported tier that is trying to undercut Disney. I think it's like a dollar or two cheaper or whatever. So. Yeah. Very interesting times we are in with Netflix right now, trying to go on the comeback. So, good time, guys. Thanks for doing this as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your Halloween horror freakouts and come back next week for more recent activity.